We're approaching the first anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. That'll be this Friday. And one after the other, major Western leaders have made surprise appearances in Kyiv to walk side by side with Volodymyr Zelensky. None more surprising, though, than Joe Biden, President of the United States. We know that there'll be very difficult days and weeks and years ahead. But Russia's aim was to wipe Ukraine off the map. Putin's war of conquest is failing. So how did it play in Ukraine? Adam Zivo has joined us numerous times from Odessa to report on his experiences firsthand in the war zone. And he joins us now. Adam, good morning. Uh, good, good morning. How are you? I'm OK. OK, so how did people find out about this in Ukraine? Well, there were rumors about it on Twitter beforehand because people in Kyiv noticed that major streets were being blocked off and there was some news that a major American official would arrive, but no one was quite sure what was going to happen. And then once it became known that Biden was in Kyiv, the news just blew up everywhere, um, all over Ukrainian social media. Everyone was talking about it and they were touched and impressed, right? Um, it's for, for Biden to come to Kyiv just days before the anniversary of the invasion sends an incredible message of solidarity and and it's just resounded throughout the entire country okay well and and i'd love you to amplify that i mean how much of an uplift did it provide i mean it's just one guy visiting from the states but it's basically as they always say the leader of the free world shows up in a war zone well the thing is that there's you know anxiety about whether or not the west is going to provide sufficient support to ukraine for ukraine to be able to a you know resist invasion and b take back its occupied territories and people are aware of the fact that there is some wavering support in the united states particularly amongst republicans so i think that this is something which is reassuring right um and I think that it shows a level of commitment that Ukrainians had suspected existed, but it's different to see it in person, right? It's different to see the presidents of the United States coming with, with no real security. You know, he was being driven around in a black limousine without armor. He took the train here, uh, you know, showing that he was willing to take a personal risk to, to show that the United States will back Ukraine for however long it takes. So as we approach this first anniversary of the invasion, and let's always remember Vladimir Putin thought it would be over in a matter of days, weeks, or months, and here we are celebrating or observing the first anniversary. What is the collective mood, if there is one, amongst Ukrainians? Uh, there's a sense of exhaustion and a sense of anxiety about what's going to happen next, because everyone is aware of the fact that Russia is putting together a major offensive this spring, and we have no clue what that's what that what that's going to look like. Uh, because on one hand, they've um, conscripted hundreds of thousands of soldiers and seem to have fixed some of their systemic issues from last year. But on the other hand, Russian military incompetence seems to be a pervasive issue. So they could just shoot themselves in the foot like they have every other time. Um, but because we don't know what's going to happen, um, everyone is just eager, eagerly awaiting additional Western military support to ensure that there isn't a disaster. Um, one city to look out for is Bakhmut, which is in the east. It's a strategically important city that's been holding on under siege for about two, three months, and it's slowly being encircled. Um, and I think that every Ukrainian sort of has their eyes on Bakhmut as a litmus test for what's going the next few months are going to look like 
And for you, it's more than being a war correspondent. I mean, are you like a full-time <laughs> resident in Ukraine now? Uh, yeah, up until the end of May, and then we'll see what goes from there. Uh, it's been very interesting. December and January were challenging. Uh, the electrical shortages were persistence. Uh, for much of for much of those two months, we would only have electricity maybe six hours a day, maybe nine hours a day. So you adapt. You know, you get power banks. You learn where to charge your phone. The lack of internet can be challenging. You know, if you work remotely. Uh, thankfully, though, they reconnected two nuclear power plants to the grid last week. So we've had almost no blackouts, which has been crazy. Um, I actually didn't recognize my street last week because I hadn't seen it lit up at night in months. And now I can watch Netflix whenever I want. Uh, it feels like a minor miracle. <laughs> Adam, good to talk with you again. Take care. Thank you.